Simmons. your hub for your nine-time World Series champion Boston Red Sox, your six-time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots, your 17-time NBA champion Boston Celtics, which we're watching right now in Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals, All right, your six-time Stanley Cup champion Boston Bruins, and that's where it's going to stand because we're going to talk about that game too, what happened in that uh, playoff series. Your 11-time national champions in football, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Your 51-time Scottish Premier League champions, Celtic football. Your six-time English Premier League champion, Chelsea football. Your Gonzaga men's basketball team. Your Wright State uh, Raiders basketball team or baseball team. And your five-time National champions in hockey, the Boston College Golden Eagles. Or Eagles, yeah. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea, also known as the Junkyard Dog, also known as the T.O. Swiggins. And you can't change that. All right. So we called this episode for this week the Tom Seaver episode, or Tom Seaver, because we want to give our condolences to the great pitcher and Hall of Famer, Tom Seaver, who passed away this Excuse me, who passed away uh, this week. Yeah. So, yeah. We should probably also call it the John or uh, John Thompson uh, episode, too. Yeah, because he, uh, yeah. And the reason why I'm saying this is because, um, see, so, yeah, both Tom Seaver, who pitched uh, mostly with the Mets, but he did spend his last half season with the Boston Red Sox during the 1986 season. And John Thompson, who coached at Duke, I, he were, yeah, who's going on? Right. Here we are. I meant to say John Thompson. Figure it out. All right. So Hall of Fame, let's see, find his basketball reference. I mean, he has to have one. He was a player. Basketball coach. Maybe we should just type in basketball player. Basketball player. Let's see. Find it. Here we are. His basketball reference page. All right. So, yeah. So, we're getting all these stats of Tom Seaver and uh, John Thompson um, through uh, sports reference, uh, baseball reference, and basketball reference, respectively. Okay, here we are. Here's the stats. All right. So first, well, since uh, John Thompson did die before, uh, um, um, for uh, crap, I just went blank. Uh, John, Tom uh, Seaver. We'll go over his stats. He died 
Yeah, we said on Sunday. So before we right right after we recorded this podcast, like the day after we recorded this podcast. All right. And the reason why we bring up John Thompson, yes, he was a he was mainly a coach at uh Georgetown, but he did spend his two playing careers with the Boston Celtics. And he won two NBA championships with the Boston Celtics, the 1964-65 season and the 1965-66 season. Yeah. During that uh during the night, seven to eight straight that they won like eight straight NBA titles. All right. So in the 65 season, probably just go the last year. All right. So he played 84 or 64 games, uh, averaged 10.9 minutes. Uh, field goal range was 1.3. Um, field goal attempted 3.3. Uh, field goal percentage was 402. So not really great. Uh, free throw percentage, he was a. Uh, one or one, one point one. Oh, this is percentage wise. It was just. Can we can we look up his actual totals? Here we are. All right. So here we are. So here we are. So the sixty-five season, uh, he averaged uh, six hundred ninety-nine minutes, uh, eighty-four field goals out of uh, two hundred nine field goals. As I said, his field goal percentage was four hundred two. Free throws, he made sixty-two out of one hundred five. Free for a percentage, he was a uh, 590. Um, total field goals, or uh, total field goals, he was a uh, 230. Or total of rebounds, 230. 18 assists, 141 personal fouls, and scored 230 points. And then 66, he uh, played 10 games, 72 minutes, four, or four, 14 sec, or 14 field goals out of 30. Uh, 465. 465 uh, field goal percentage, six of four from a uh, free throw land, um, or free throws, uh, 667 percentage, uh, 30 total rebounds, three assists, 15 personal fouls, and scored 32 points. And he won two NBA titles with the Boston Celtics, as we said. And he just died on, yeah. So number 18 and number five. So he had numbers in two of his years they played. Rest in peace, John Thompson. And he would be missed because, yes, he coached uh, Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. He was a very instru- or, uh, in- or instrumental co- or instrumental coach. Yeah, he was really, really motivational and stuff like that. And, like, yeah, it was a really sad day in the NBA. Like, a lot of players came out how, like, he uh, basically motivated them and they lo- learned a lot from them. What's going on in this game? Yeah, we are losing to Toronto game four. So the series would be tied two games apiece. So yeah, he was very instrumental to them and their learning and progression. And he was a really a uh, great coach. Yeah. Won two NBA titles with the Celtics as a player, as a coach with Georgetown in 1984. And he actually won two Olympic gold medals in 76 and 88 with the U S Olympic team as an assistant coach. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so a couple NBA rings, national title, and two gold medals. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, so awesome. Well, not awesome that he died, but I mean, awesome that he had such a great career. And he was a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, yeah, too. I think as a coach, but yeah. So as we said, rest in peace, John Thompson. All right, so Tom Seaver. So as we said, he pitched only a – one season with the Boston Red Sox. It was a half a season. He got traded 
from the White Sox to the Boston Red Sox in exchange for Steve Lyons. Remember him from a Nesson like kind of analysis, like 2017? Yeah, that's same Steve Lyons. All right. So he went to five for seven. So kind of four up below 500, two games below 500. A 417 win percentage, a 3.80 ERA, 16 ga- or 16 games, 16 starts, um, one complete game, uh, zero shutouts, zero saves. He pitched in 104.1 innings. He gave up 14 hits, surrendered 46 runs, all f- or 44 of those are 46 runs were earned. He gave up eight home runs. 29 walks, and he struck out 72 people. So not really that big of stats, but he is a Hall of Famer, mostly with the New York Mets. So, yeah, so basically, so, yeah, kind of like the New York version of the Boston Red Sox a little bit. So, yeah, basically, same fan. Yeah, they they hate Yankees fans, too. Uh, They hate the Yankees, too, so kind of same thing. All right, Red Sox are up. At least for that, the Red Sox are winning. So if the Celtics end up losing this game, yeah, which is kind of looking like, yeah, it's kind of looking like if they can try to pull something out in like six oh, in six minutes, then yeah, this series is tied. Which I would expect it it would be because Toronto is still the defending NBA champions, and we still cannot take them lightly. We can't take them lightly as we took Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, I would have been more mad if we lost Philadelphia in that round. We sh- we deservedly should have swept swept them, and we did. This, uh, I'm not really expecting a sweep. I think the sweep is out of the question at this point after losing two games. Um, so, 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, so Tom Seaver. So, yeah, he was very instrumental, too. He was a very upstanding guy, a very stand-up guy, class act. Um, and even Hank Aaron, like, when he first met him, like, he went up to Hank Aaron and said, uh, yeah, something like uh, – and said something to him, and like, yeah, I know you. You're going to be the next best best bang. Yeah. So a California kid uh, went to UCLA. Ugh, University of Spoiled Children. Uh, this Notre Dame fan doesn't like that. Well, all right, UCS or USC baseball is okay. USC football is not good. Yeah, screw USC, USC football. Yeah. They're rivals. Yeah. So, yeah, California kid. He was drafted by the Braves, but listening to the Red Sox uh, radio broadcast on, I believe it was Wednesday, I think it was Thursday or so, um, either Thursday or Wednesday. Oh, actually it was Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday they were talking about how um, the Atlanta Braves illegally signed him as a uh, drafted uh, free agent. So they uh, had to give him up, and the Mets came in and drafted him or either drafted him or – you know what? Let's give him a contract, yeah. Uh, actually, drafted for the Dodgers, too, but decided to go to UCLA instead. Wait, drafted from you? Oh. I'm confused. All right. So, yeah, so rest in peace, Tom Seaver. All right. One of the best. All right. And that's where we will name the episode for this week. The John, so name it co, name it the John Thompson and um, Tom Seaver episode. All right. All right. 
So let's go over scores. Well, first, let's take a break. All right, so score update. All right, so here we go. So last time we talked was a or a Saturday afternoon last week, a week from today. And it was before the Nationals and a Red Sox game. So let's tell you about that. So the Red Sox took game one, or basically uh, played game one. Chris Mazza was on the mound. And although he didn't get the win, the Red Sox still found a way to win on the day they pitched. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the final score of that game. Let's see. Come on. So, August the 29th. So, yeah, as we said, so the Red Sox win 5-3 against the defending uh, World Series champion, uh, or World Series champion Washington Nationals. So, yeah, right from the get-go in the bottom of the uh, first inning. So the Red Sox get some run or get some hits. Uh, Verdugo gets a, a leadoff single, and then J.D. Martinez doubles with two men on on second and third or second and third. Xander Bogarts came up to the plate and ding dong, ding dong. Yeah, so, yep, went uh, went uh, went uh, went yard in the center field. So Verdugo scores. J.D. Martinez scores. Three nothing Red Sox leading the top of the first. And then they add on to their lead with a JBJ sack ground out to score Kevin Pillar. Um, make it four nothing Red Sox lead. The Nationals do score some runs. So uh uh Juan Soto singles on a ground ball that Maza should have uh fielded cleanly and uh fielded to first, but uh overthrew it and basically so Trey Turner scores. Uh, Juan Soto the second, throwing error on Chris Mazza. And then Howie Kendrick singles a ground ball into right field. Soto scores 4-2, to two, Red Sox still lead. And Adam Eaton then singles to score Howie Kendrick into center field. So, yeah, 4-3, to three, Red Sox still lead. And then a homer by Kevin Pillar basically was the go-ahead run for the Red Sox. Um, his fourth and probably wet last Red Sox homer, and we'll get into why that would be his last Red Sox homer, but you'll probably already know by now. As the Red Sox win this game, 5-3 to three against the Washington Nationals. So, great. So, play dirty water. And then, then the next day, um, Sunday morning, Celtic played their first uh, Scottish Premier League game in basically over a month um, against uh, Motherwell. Against Motherwell. Let's see. Score updates. And the final score of this one, Celtic come out with a blowout, shutout victory. 3-0 against Motherwell. Probably one of the worst teams in the league. All right, summary-wise, come on, show up. All right, so basically from the get-go, John Forrest scored a goal, or James Forrest scored a goal, making 1-0 Celtic. And then uh, Yeti scored a goal to make it 2-0 Celtic. And then Julian made a goal to make it 3-0 Celtic, and that's where the final score would stand. Celtic win. They are currently right now in um, third in the Scottish Premier League. So right behind, like two uh, or two behind, uh, so, or basically uh, six points behind uh, 
Ugh, Rangers, ugh. It's like the Yankees. Oh, Lord, come on now. I don't think that will stand. That will stay long. Hopefully it won't. Yeah. All right. Okay, so that's it for that. For And then Celtic or Celtics versus Raptors, game one. It was supposed to be played on Thursday, but since they did the whole boycotting of Jacob uh, Blake and the shooting there, they decided to move it to Sunday. Yeah, let's get over Sunday's game. Let's talk about Sunday. All right. So Sunday. So basically Celtic basically blew, or Celtics basically blew out the Raptors as the final. Yeah, so as basically the final score of this one was 112 to 94. So basically, Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart both had 21 points and led the game. Uh, Daniel Tice had a double double. So yeah, basically. So basically, let's see. Go over recap. So yeah, so they led the team with 21 points. Kemba Walker at 18. He did kind of have almost an injury scare, but he basically led through it. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, the Toronto Raptors have never beaten the Celtics in. The bubble, so they are still 0 and 2 at this point. Um, so there are they were 11 and 0 in Disney against everybody else, but 2 and 0 against uh, the Celtics. So yeah, so a very great game. So awesome, great game. So let's see. So Tippins. Yeah, so no Raptor starter uh, reached double digits in scoring until one or one twenty six remaining in the third quarter. Wow, that's a long time. That's how dominant this game was. Yeah, awesome, very awesome. Yeah, yeah. As they said, the self, the series was up uh, for uh, one game to or one one game to none. So that's where it stand. Then the Red Sox played the Nationals, and Bobby Dawback gets his uh, career or uh, for, or major league debut, and we tell you why that is later on in the news. But he came out to replace Mitch Moreland, and summary-wise, as once again the Red Sox got on top of the defending champs in the top bottom of the first inning, Sander Bogarts or homers for the second time in the first inning. His eighth uh, homer of the year as um, he scores uh, Rafael Devers, make it 2-0 Red Sox lead. Then a single by Kevin Pawecki scores uh, Kevin Pillar to make it 3-0 Red Sox. Then Rafael Devers homers his uh, fifth of the year to score, uh, excuse me, Alex Verdugo, make it 5-0 Red Sox. Juan Soto does score or single in the Top of the third to uh, score Victor Robles, uh, make it five to one uh, re- or five to one Red Sox lead. Then Obstruble Cabrera sack or sack fly into a uh, right left field to score Trey Turner, make it five to two uh, Red Sox lead. And Kem Pawecki doubles his third of the year to make it six to two Red Sox lead. And welcome to the major leagues. His first hit became his first career homer. Bobby Dahlback homers in to right field to score Kevin Pawecki, make it 8-2 Red Sox lead. 
Then Josh Harrison, the Nationals scored uh, a homer, a solo, make it eight to three. Uh, uh, Red Sox still lead. Tommy or Eric Fame scored a homer, his second of the year, to make it eight to four. Red Sox lead. Then Adam Eaton triples to score. Uh, Jan Gomes make it eight to five, so not great. And then Raphael Devers put the go-ahead run on, make it eight or nine to five. Red Sox lead, and that's where the final score would stand. Two in a row for the Red Sox. Play dirty water. All right, then Monday, can we get into this? All right, so they played the Braves. And right from the get-go, the Atlanta struck first. Uh, Nick Markakis doubles into uh, left field to score Dansby Swanson. Uh, 1-0 Braves lead. Then the Red Sox got on the board as Rafael Devers singles. He's been having a few uh, games to uh, score uh, Alex Verdugo. Tied ball game 1-1. And then the bottom of the third, Red Sox got took the lead on a uh, Alex Verdugo. Uh, Alex Verdugo scores on a balk, make it two to one. Red Sox lead. Then Adam Duvall homers to tie it up, a solo bomb into left field to make it two tie two two. Top of the fourth, then the top of the fifth, uh, Austin Riley triples to score Adam or Freddie Freeman, uh, Marcelo Suna and. Nick Markakis, um, so five to two, uh, Atlanta leads. Then, uh, the then the Knicks singled on a sharp, or then uh, Nick Markakis uh, singles on a uh, sharp ground ball to center field to score. Uh, Dansby Swanson make it six to two, Braves lead. Then out or uh. Sander Bogarts then singles in the center field to score Christian Vasquez, but that's where the final score would stand. Six to three, uh, Red Sox lose. Yeah. Then it was game five of the Eastern Conference semifinals between the Bruins and the Lightning. We'll get into that. All right. All right. That wasn't really pretty. So basically from the get-go, from basically the first, there was no score. Then the second, Pilot of uh, the Lightning scored, making one or one nothing uh Tampa Bay. Then Pasternak got on the goal, tied it up, 1-1. And then Sorelli of the Tampa Bay Lightning uh took the lead for the Lightning 2-1. Then Krejci tied it up with literally less time left to make it 2-2. And then in the double overtime. Victor Hedman basically put the dagger in the Bruins' souls and their 2019-2020 season as he scores the overtime win. Tampa Bay moves on to the Eastern Conference uh, Finals. Boston Bruins are going home. As the final score would be 3-2, Boston or uh, Bruins lose. Yeah, we did a post-mortem show earlier on uh, Friday, Thursday. So, yeah, go check it out. Yeah, I hope I try to do some justice. That it's just more that I'm not really a big hockey fan. I want to watch it, but I'm just really kind of a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of – I thought it was just more of a rant. Just rant for like 10 or 12 minutes, and then yeah, at that point, too, it was kind of getting late, too. All right. Then, for, or then Tuesday, Celtics took on the Raptors for game two of the Eastern Conference uh, semifinals. 
And it was a classic this time. Kind of a little bit of a breather. But the Celtics pull out on this one. 102-299. Uh, Marcus Smart had a night. A, one of the nights where it would be mentioned in Celtics playoff uh, leg- or legends or lore. Uh, Marcus Smart had 19 points. He had five, five straight threes in the fourth quarter. And 16 points in the fourth quarter. Jason Tatum had uh, 34 points and eight rebounds. A very good night for the Celtics. And they pull away with a 2-0 series lead. Very good. So awesome. So awesome. That's what I like about it. So, yeah. So very good. So 2-0 lead. Looks like the defending champs are might, might be going down. But we'll find out in the next few minutes. All right. All right. So game. So the next game on Tuesday night between the Braves and the Red Sox. Yeah, this is kind of a big blowout. Yeah. All right. So right from the get go, the top of the first inning, Marcelo Suna homers to make it two nothing. Uh, Braves Freeman comes in the score. Then the Red Sox got on the board in the bottom of the third. Um, Alex Verdugo singles into center field to go score. Zule Lynn. Atlanta still leads two to one. Then Rafael Devers ties it up with a single to score for Dugo, make it two-two tie game. And then the top of the six is where shit just goes south here. Um, sorry, we said yeah. Um, so uh, Austin Riley singles into right field to score. Nick Markakis uh, three to two. Atlanta leads. Then Ender or Ender Inciarte. Uh, single or singles into a second base or an infield single to score Travis Darno four to two Atlanta leads. Then the seventh Marcel Osuna hits his second home run of the game to make it five to two uh, Atlanta leads. Dansby Swanson singles in the top top of the eight to score uh, Johan Camargo make it six to two Braves lead. And then Freddie Freeman singles also in the top of the uh, eighth inning, two score, um, Ender and Ciarte, seven to two, uh, or Braves lead. And then Marcelo Suna becomes the first National League player ever to have a free, free, or a free homer game in at Fenway Park, 10 to two, um, Red Sox tra- or Red Sox trail. So yeah, so Freddie Freeman scores, Dancy Swanson and himself too. Bomb in the eighth, uh Jackie Bradley Jr. singles, two scores, Andrew Bogarts. But that's where the final score would be 10 to 3. Um Atlanta wins. So they lost two in a row so far. That's point. Yeah, so not great. All right. So Wednesdays they played Atlanta again. The Red Sox did. And here we are from the get-go. So right from the get-go, the Red Sox got off the scoring again. Rafael Devers doubles to score uh, Alex Verdugo, making 1-0 Red Sox lead. And then 2-0 Red Sox lead on J.D. Martinez double to score uh, Xander, or score Rafael Devers, make it 2-0. So, yeah, then a sack fly by uh, Michael Shavitz to score Xander Bogarts, make it 3-0 Red Sox lead. Then a homer by Adam the ball kind of into the Braves closer to a one-run lead. Red Sox still lead three to two. And then uh, Mark 
And then uh, Marcel Asuna singles to score uh, Johan Camargo, make it a tie game, three free. Then Jackie Bradley Jr. gets on the board, his third homer of the year in the bottom of the four to make it four to three uh, Red Sox or Red Sox lead. Then the bottom of the fifth, um, JD Martinez singles to score uh, Rafael Devers, make it five, make it five, or make it a uh, singles to score. Uh, not Rafael Devers, score uh, Alex Verdugo, make it five to three Red Sox lead. And then right after that, adding the ball, homers for the second time that night to make it five to five, our tie ball game, five five. And then Marcelo Suna homers also in this game make it six to five. Atlanta leads, and then adding the ball, his third homer of the game, and doing something that two teammates haven't done in two consecutive games ever before since probably Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig back in the day. Um against Philadelphia Athletics, I think. That's what they were saying on the radio broadcast. So, yeah, so this is the first time ever since almost 20 or, or 190 or 100 or 90 years since that. So, Adam Duvall, homers to make it 7-5. to five. Atlanta, and that's where the final score would stand. Braves win 7-5. to five. Yuck. All right. Then, game two against the Celtics and Raptors. See how much time I got. All right, so we're kind of almost running out of time. All right, so basically, so the final score of this one, we will go go too deep in the details. So basically, uh, Celtics uh, took the lead in almost 1.5 seconds left in the game, uh, 103 to or one oh, or yeah, 103 to 101. So yeah, so they had the lead. And then with less time left, the Raptors inbound the ball. Taco Fall went to make uh, the inbounding block. He didn't. Kyle Lowry got the ball. He passed it to OG uh, Embody, and he made a three, and that was ball game. Raptors win on a buzzer beater free to make it uh, a 2-1 Celtic series lead. So now it's starting to be a series. So, yeah, so on a walk-off three-pointer. Then the Red Sox score. So let's see. Red Sox. Come on. Yeah. All right, here we are. So here we are, Thursdays. So yeah, so in extra innings, so yeah. So they play the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, right from the get-go, the Red Sox were getting no hit until Jackie Bradley Jr. in the second inning scored a solo homer or, or solo homer off of uh, Taiwan Walker, his uh, fourth of the year, to make it one nothing Red Sox lead. 
And then, yeah, and that's where the final score, or that's where the score would stay away in the bottom of the six. Jackie Bradley Jr. walks with bases loaded to score. Rafael Devers, two, nothing Red Sox lead. And up until that point, Teoscar Hernandez uh, broke up uh, Martin Perez's no-hitter, which is basically considered one of the best Red Sox uh, starting uh, outings for the season 2020. And then Joe, Joe Panic uh, singles to score uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, two to one, Red Sox still lead. And then Brazier came in. He threw a wild pitch to score Craig Biggio or Kevin Biggio. Craig B. Joe's father, son, uh, make it tied ball game 2-2. And then that game went to extra innings. All right, so we got a final Raptors one, but we won't go over the stats. Yeah, so tied ball game. Yeah, ties or tied series. All right, so the like same guy who broke up uh, Martin Perez's no-hitter also gave the Blue Jays basically the go-ahead runs. And... Yeah, so he homers, a free run homer, two score. Uh, Derek Fisher and Craig Biggio, five to two Red Sox, or five to two Blue Jays lead. Then basically Joris Correal's basically homers to basically put the nail in the coffin, six to two, uh, Red, or six to two Blue Jays, and that's where the final score would stand in ten innings. Red Sox uh, lose six to two. All right, then in the next day, next or next day for or Friday, yeah. So I took that day off. The Red Sox played two games, a doubleheader. All right, so let's go over that. So they played game one at three o'clock or four o'clock Eastern time, whatever time zone you live in. And then, so basically, so yeah, Zach Golly came or started for the. Red Sox, and he basically got shelled. Former Red Sox, uh, Trey or uh, Travis Shaw homers to give the Blue Jays the one nothing lead in the top of the second inning. Then Danny Jansen homers to give the Blue Jays a free nothing lead in the top of the second. Then the bottom of the second, new guy Yar- Jaro Nunez gets his first homer as a Red Sox and scores Kevin Puecki to make it 3-2. to two. Toronto still led. Then Teoscar Nangas grounded into a double play, but that double play also scored uh, Randall 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 Grichik to make it four to two. Blue Jays lead. Top of the fifth. Um, Rowdy Telez had a sack fly to score Kevin B or Kevin Biggio five to two. Blue Jays lead. Then Red Sox got on the board on a. Uh, Jose Peraza doubled his eighth of the year to score Yaro Nunez or Munez to make it a five to three. Blue Jays still led. Then a wild pitch by Tanner Roark scores Peraza, make it five to four. So the Red Sox were starting to come back. They're we're starting to come back in this game. And then Joe Panic basically singles to score Vlad Guerrero Jr. son of Hall of Famer Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Vladimir Guerrero. And make it a six to four uh, Blue Jays lead. Then Randall Randall Grigic singles into a left field to score. Well, was deflected to score Yoris Goriel or a Loris Goriel, who is brother of Yuri Goriel of the Astros and former Red Sox Travis Shaw 
eight to four Blue Jays lead. But the Red Sox were not done yet. Yaro Nunez keeps performing in this game as he doubles to uh, give the score. Uh, Kevin Puecki or Kevin Puecki make it eight to five. So they're not done yet. They weren't going to go down without a fight. So eight to five, and then eight to six. Uh, Red Sox uh, still trail by two. Michael Chavis singles into center field to score Jackie Bradley Jr. And then eight to seven. Red Sox let trail by one as. Um, Jose Peraza scrounds a force out to uh, second base, uh, Kevin Biggio, but scores uh, Yar or Yaro Nunez, 8-7 to seven Red Sox trail. But that's sadly, that's where the final score would stand. And also, this was a doubleheader, so it was seven innings for this year. So that's where it would stand. After seven, Red Sox lose 8-7. to seven. Then in game two, game two, let's get into that. So right from the get-go, uh, they were they didn't score a hit until the second inning, which is basically normal. Um, but Zue Lin gets a uh, hits a ground roll double, his first of the year, to score uh, Christian Vasquez, making one nothing Red Sox lead. Chris Mazza was on the mound to pitch for the Red Sox, and then at the top of the third, Michael Chavis, the ice horse, singles into center field to score. Uh, Rafael Devers, 2-0 Red Sox lead. Uh, Rowdy Telez does hit a home run and kind of uh, even or kind of like uh, cuts the lead 2-1, but the Red Sox lead 2-1 with a home run by Rowdy Telez, as I said. Throwing error by uh, catcher uh, Reese McGuire on a pickoff attempt scores uh, Yaro Nunez make a 3-1 Red Sox lead. Then... Uh, Jonathan Villar, the new acquisition for the Blue Jays, singles a ground ball in the center field to score Randall Gritchick to make it 3-2 Red Sox lead. But thanks to bullpen pitching from Robinson Lear and a few other people, Red Sox hold on to the win and win game two of this or game two of this doubleheader, 3-2. What they were the away team in this game. So basically that's the new rules of this whole uh, doubleheader for this year. One team will start off, the home team will start out as the home team, and then second game, the home team would be the away team. Yeah. All right. So to end off the week, the or the Royal Rogers teams were seven and six. So yeah, so with a let's see what their win percentage was. We added up 462. So pretty better, better than uh last week's. Yeah, they started winning games. <clears throat> so as we said, the Raptors even up the series two or two games to two. So, yeah, and I actually expected this. I expected that they would tie this thing up. Yeah, but we won't go into uh, the get the final score until next week's show. Until next week's show. So, yeah, so, yeah, so we won't do that because it won't be fair because we haven't even talked about the Red Sox game right now. How are they doing? It looked like they were winning at 1.6 to 2. Yeah, so at least for that, at least try to at least the Red Sox try to win tonight. So yeah, so we won't have to have a boss or Royal Rooter sweep. Yeah. Or swept like swept, they got swept. Yeah. So yeah, please make that not make that, yeah. Alright. Yeah. Alright, so yeah. 
Right. So yeah, they're up six to two, but they got runners on second and first. Nobody out. Ugh. Who is pitching for us? Josh Taylor. <laughs> oh God. Well, you have to give Josh credit or Josh Taylor credit on the doubt. He did battle COVID. Yeah. So yeah. So that's why he's not himself. Well, yeah, but Darwinson Hernandez battled COVID too, and he's been better than everybody else. But now he's on the IL now. So yeah, yeah, he's back on the IL. All right, so that's the scores. All right, so we'll go to break and then come back and talk about uh, uh, news, what happened around the around the league or around the sports world or Royal Rooters world and uh, for this week, and then go over our book league standings for this uh, round and uh, who crowned our new book league champion and uh, champion. And then go over some fancy stats too for uh, baseball right now. Just go over score updates, but yeah. So yeah, and then wrap up the show, call it a week. All right. Well, first, we're going to go break. All right, we are back. All right, let's talk about the news. So let's go over some news stats. All right, get out of here. Wait, what is this? What is this? Hey, hold on. Okay, hold on, hold on. We got to do some stuff. All right. All right, here we are. So here we are. Here's the st- All right. All right, so Saturday stats. So uh, Nathan Yavoldi hit it back on the IL. It's now on 10-day now. They were saying that he was going to be back today, but, yeah, 10-day, I don't know. I didn't hear any news. Yeah. I haven't been ready for – yeah, I don't know. That's what we're saying on the Nesson uh, um, broadcast on set last Saturday. They got the news. So right after we uh, recorded uh, last week episode, the news broke that he was heading to the IL. Then Sunday morning when I was doing building check at the school I'm working at, um, I saw the news that Mitch Moreland got traded to the San Diego Padres or the Slam Diego Padres. Um, so we got, so we made, so the Red Sox and Padres struck a deal. So we would get infielder Hudson Potts and outfielder. Oh my Lord. This is a weird name. Jairson Rosario in exchange for Mitch Moreland. So Mitchie four bags is now gone for, as I said, four bags, because when he began playing for the Red Sox, uh, section 10 gave him the nickname, Mitchie two bags because right from the get-go that season, he was hitting doubles like nobody's business. And now he decided this year and like last year, you know what, I'm just going to upgrade to like hitting ding-dongs now. And that's where the nickname Mitchie four bags came from. So, yeah. So, I'm glad that they did trade Mitch one, especially to a team now that is going to see the postseason this year. Yeah. And that's where – and that's what – and he deserves – to go there because at least try to uh try to make the quest for World Series championship, which is actually starting to be very good, possible for someone like the Padres. Yeah, for any for all those sixteen teams in the postseason, it's anybody's ball game to win now. Yeah, up until yeah after the wild card rounds, then yeah, 
But still, for now, it's everybody's ball game, man. Mitch Moreland would have a chance to possibly win his second World Series ring. Yeah, with the Padres if they make it that far. So good, good luck to him. Best of luck to him. Thank you for your service, Mitch Moreland, for the many memories you made and being that team player that we all love and enjoy. Then Monday was the trade deadline and news. So Mitch Moore or uh, Kevin Pillar, as we kind of knew, got traded to the Rockies for a player to be named later. So that could be anything. And then the same for Josh Ochit or Josh Oshich. Uh, he got traded to the Cubs for a player to be named later. Yeah. I will say this for Kevin Clark. Even though your time was short here in Boston, yeah, we will still thank you for your service. And the guy put his uh, body on the line a few times making uh, outfield plays, like tough outfield plays, like plays you would never see someone make or like an average someone his size make. But he made those plays. And that's why when he was a Blue Jay, I hated the dude because – Especially the t- especially in times we were getting like carved up until we finally did get a hit. But when we were getting carved up, I thought, oh, this is going to drop for a hit. It's going to drop for a hit. The no hair is going to be gone. Oh, he caught it. Ah, I hate you. <laughs> but now since he became one of us and now he was part of that outfield, now I love the dude now. Now he's one of us. Now that uh, defensive weapon is now on the Red Sox. And he was an offensive weapon too. I actually heard the guy was a really decent dude, too. Yeah. Stand-up person, too. So, he will be missed. Good luck in Colorado. I'm not really sure if they're going to make the postseason, but now, possibly, their chances might be good now since they now got stacked outfield now. But, who knows? I did see uh, he hit a home run, key home run last night against the Dodgers, but then the Dodgers basically came back and scored two runs, which one of those home runs was made by a former teammate on the Red Sox. Yeah, Mookie Betts. Yeah. So for Josh Ochich, one of the teachers I work at the school asked me, hey, what, what should I expect from this Josh Ochich dude? And I kind of said, uh, when he has his stuff, he's good. But when he doesn't have his stuff, yeah. I told him his uh, record in ERA. Uh, kind of like the Cubs rotation or start open a little bit. Reliable one day, not reliable another. Yeah. I heard he pitched pretty good in the extra inning game against the Pirates. Yeah. So Celtics, Celtic football signed uh, Scott Robert Robertson to a three-year deal. So let's see. Let's find a little – do some searching, digging on the Scott Robertson. So kind of like Robertson is like uh, the Duck Dynasty dude. So like how you spell it kind of do. But this is a way different dude. Yeah, no relation at all, but the same kind of last name. Scott Robertson. Soccer. Put the ball. Put the ball in football. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, nothing. Let's see. Um, yeah. What do you do? Alright. Yeah, I'm not getting really anything. Um let's see. So he didn't play at all for Celtic. Let's see. No stats. And we're not getting any stats. This is from Yahoo Sports. Yeah. Oh, so he's a young dude. So he hasn't really played at all. So 2001. So yeah, he's a pretty young dude. Midfielder. Uh, so they basically just 
brought a guy up from the from the yeah from the farm system, which is basically their like youth league, basically. Yeah. So yeah. So almost twenty, nineteen years old. Huh. Yeah. All right. Tuesday, no news. Wednesday, Notre Dame football announced that uh, they will have fans in the stands, but it will be a limited capacity. And at this rate, I would have fans and no fans whatsoever and have playing football. Yeah, so pretty much. So, yeah, so anyway, we can do it. Celtic football signed another free agent, uh, this time from FA uh, Ireland International uh, defenseman uh, Shane Duffy. Yeah, for their Instagram, they had like a little like a picture where they're playing the Irish Rovers. So kind of like, yeah, so another Irishman on uh, Celtic. Yeah. So very neat. So very good. Yeah, very good to sign him. Then Thursday's news, Patriots have signed or Patriots released a wide receiver Muhammad Sanu. I kind of a little bit expected to. I didn't like since his performance last year, how like he didn't really get much up. Didn't really perform well. I'm kind of okay that he's gone a little bit. Uh, running back uh, Damian Harris may miss week one with a hand injury. So, yeah. All right. Then the Bruins defenseman, Zane Ochara, announced on Instagram that he wants to stay with the Bruins. So, that's very good. At least somebody who wants to try to finish his career with the Bruins. So, good. So, yeah. Will that happen? I'm not really sure. Hopefully, it does. When you say something, I mean, yeah. But, and that's kind of one of the answers that we were trying to find out for this year. Will he stay this offseason or after this offseason or will he not? I mean, yeah. And then Cam Newton gets the Patriots starting quarterback job. Very good. And they also announced their team captains. Um, so here we are. So we'll go over the list. Uh, kick returner, uh, Matthew Slater. Center, uh, David uh, Andrew. Or David Andrews, quarterback Cam Newton, running back uh, James White, uh, Jawan Bentley, Lawrence Guy, and the McCordy twins, Devin and Jason McCordy. They look so, they look really the same to me. Like they really look like identical twins. Yeah, so I couldn't really tell who was who. Yeah, I mean, you would have to, I don't know, yeah. You imagine going up to say, hey, Devin, my name is Jason. <laughs> Actually, somebody did, like, uh, one of our um, one of the managers I was managing with for Norm Community my final year there uh, called one of the um, – two. we had two twins on the team playing at the time, and uh, he called them the wrong name, and the dude got really offended. Like, oh, my name is not so-and-so. Or freshman, yeah. All right, then Friday, Chelsea football signs a uh, Kai Haveris Haveris to a sixty million uh, pound uh, fee signing fee, which could rise to seventy two million. But that's very good. They're now starting to yes, uh, Chelsea's now starting to uh, yeah, rake up some uh, offensive talent. So they, yeah, they're getting some players. They are getting some players to kind of make up for last year. Yeah, so very good. <clears throat> then today, um, the Patriots finally finalized the roster and released some players. Um, we'll probably go over it now. Yeah. All right. We'll go over the 
Uh, All right, so here we are. The final cuts. Wide receiver Andre Basilia, Basilia, tight end and defensive end Rashid Berry, uh, defensive lineman Tashawn Bauer, offensive lineman or offensive lineman Ben Braden, defensive back Miles Bryant, uh, tight end Jake Bird. Oh, they got rid of him. Tight end Paul Butler. They just signed Nick Folds. Why are you cutting him? Yeah, kicker Nick Folds. Um, offensive lineman Tyler uh, Gaper, uh, lineman uh, Trez Howell, uh, linebacker Scuda Harris, quarterback Ryan Ruski, and then then linebacker Cash Mahala, then uh, running back uh, Lamar Miller, defensive lineman uh, Bill Murray, tight end Paul Quick, Quinson Bush, Quinsonberry. Uh, kicker Justin Roar. I kind of figured they would possibly get rid of him after the whole tattoo incident. Uh, defensive back uh, D'Angelo Ross. Uh, running or wide receiver Devin Ross. Um, oh, they got rid of him too. Oh, really? Running back JJ Taylor. Uh, wide receiver uh, Jeff Thompson. Uh, defensive lineman uh, Nick Foreman. Defensive lineman Nick uh, or Sander uh, Williams, and then wide receiver uh, Isaiah Zuber. So not great. Yeah, sad to see them go, but I could see where they had to make the cuts. All right. Okay. All right. And with that being said, let's announce the starting roster. <clears throat> And now, introducing your 20 new 2020 New England Patriots at quarterback. And your two quarterbacks are Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, and Brian Hoyer. And then your running backs are James White, Sony Michelle, and Rex Burkhead. And then, yeah, and, uh, Damian Harris, too, at running back team. Sorry, I forgot about him. And then fullback, uh, Jacob Johnson. Then your wide receivers, Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, Demir Bird, and Gunnar Oshevsky. Then, yeah, wide receiver, Jacoby Myers. Yeah, we got, yeah, this is kind of, all right. And then tight ends, Ryan Rizzo, Devin Asiasi, and then Dalton Keene. All right, so they kept them. And then offensive linemen, Isaiah Wynn, Joe Tooney, David Andrews, Shaq, Shaq Mason, Jameer Esmir, Michael Enwani, and then Corey Cunningham, Hasani, or, yeah, man, this is a weird name. We'll learn him eventually. Hasmani Borholt, um, Yamakashi, and then uh, Justin Huron. And defensive, li- defensive lineman, Brian Kierward, uh Adam Butler, uh, Dietrich Wise Jr., Derek Rivers, uh, Bo, a- Bo Allen, Lawrence Guy, Josh or Joshua Uchi, uh, then or then offensive or then linebackers Josh Uchi, Afrenine Jennings, um, John Simmons, Chase Winovich, uh, Juwan Bentley. 
Brian Co- Copeland and Shaquille, or then Shaquille Calhoun and Shaquille Calhoun, and then uh, cornerbacks uh, Jonathan Jones, Juwan Williams, Stephon Gilmore, JC uh, JC Jackson, and Jason McCourty, and then safeties Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips, Terrence Brooks, Kyle Duggar, and then uh, Cody Davis. And then special teams, uh, Justin Bethel, Matthew Slater, Joe Cardona, Joe Cardona, and Jake ba- and Jake, uh, and then punter uh, Jake B- Bailey. Then we don't have a kicker. Yeah, we should have a kicker. It should be Nick Foles. I'm pretty sure they did not get rid of Nick Foles. Why would they get rid of Nick Foles? They signed the dude. Uh, beats me. Right. And then Gordon Hayward uh, returned today to the bubble, but he now has to be quarantined. He left the bubble early to uh, be with his wife during the birth of their first son. So, yeah, very good. Be there for that. Yeah. yeah awesome. So, he sees back. He won't be back playing for another couple of weeks. But, yeah, he probably won't be back with the team for another, yeah, four days because he has quarantine. Yeah. So, that's the news. Alright, so we'll take a break and then come back and talk about the book league standings. Uh and then talk about who's your book league champion. Alright. Alright, so here we are, the book league standings. Alright. Number one is with 47% finish, the Boston Red Sox Killer Bees, baseball's best outfield by Jim Prime and Bill Nolan. And then at number two with 45% finish. If these walls can talk stories from the Boston Red Sox dugout, locker rooms, and press and press box by Jeremy Nicoforto, Lake Nicoforto, then number three, the search for God in Guinness, a biography of the beer that changed the world by Stephen Mansfield, at forty-four percent finish, and number four with forty-one percent finish, Kashmir Pulaski, the life and legacy of the Polish commander who became the father of the American cavalry. During the Revolutionary War by Charles Ed Rivers Editors. And then number five with 41% finish. The Real Pinky Blinders, Billy Kimber, The Birmingham Gang, and The Race Course Wars in the 1920s by Carl Shin. And then number uh, 40 with the, or number six with 40% finish. The Closer, My Story by Myron Rivera and Wayne Coffey. Uh, number seven with a 40% finish. Tales from the New England Patriots Sidelines, a collection of the greatest stor- Patriots stories ever told by Mike Felger. Then number eight with 39% finished, The Great Book of Boston Sports List by uh, Ada, or Andy, Ger- Andy Gersh and Mike Conley. Or Mike Conley. And number nine with 38% finished, From Darkness to Dynasty, The First 40 Years of the New England Patriots by Jerry Fortin. And number 10 with uh, 34% finished, the Gipper, George Gipp, New York Rocky, and the Dramatic Rise of Notre Dame Football by Jack Cavanaugh. And number 11 with 34% finish, a homegrown How the Bo- How the Red Sox Build a Champion from the Ground Up by Alex Spear. And number 33 with 12% or number uh, 12 with 30 or 33% finish, uh, Band of Giants, the Amateur Soldiers Who Won America's Independence by Jack Kelly. And then number 13 with a 31% finish, the good, the bad, and the grace of God. What honesty, pain, and pain taught us about faith, family, and forgiveness by Jeff and uh, Jessica Robertson. 
And then number 14 with 28% finish, Black Mask, Whitey Bulger, The FBI, and A Devil's Deal by Dick Lear and Gerard O'Neill. And number 15 with 28% finish, uh, Col Collision of Empires, The War on the Eastern Front in 1914 by Prit Butter. And number 16 with 27% finish, Unbeatable, Notre Dame's 1988 Championship and the Last Great College Football Season by Jerry Barreca. And then number 17 with a 26% finish, A Season for the Ages, How the Chicago 2016 Chicago Cubs Brought a uh, World Series Championship to the North Side by Al Yellow. And number 18 with a 26% finish, The Road to Omaha, Hits, Hopes, and the History of the College World Series by Ryan McGee. And number 18 with 25% finish, uh, General Fox Connor, G Pershing Chief of Operations and Eisenhower's Mentor by Stephen Radliss. 25% uh, finish, yeah, that's what we said. Then number 20 with 25% finish, 1916, A Global History by Keith, Keith Jeffrey. And then number 21 with 25% finish, uh, The Vanquished, Why the First World War Failed to End by uh, Robert Gerarf. And then number 22 with 24% finish, uh, Alvin York, A New Biography of the Hero of the Argon by Douglas V. Mastriano. And number uh, 23 with 50% finish, or number 23 with uh, 40 or 24% finish, The 50 uh, Best College Football Teams of All Time by Bill Conley. And then number uh, 24, James Conley, or number 24 with 24% finish. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty neat. Yeah, see how we worked that in. Uh, James Conley, sixteen lies by uh, Lorkin uh, Lorkin uh, Collins, and then number twenty-five with twenty-four percent finish. No better place to die by uh, Robert Murphy, and then number twenty-six with twenty-three percent finish. A brave black regiment: the history of the fifty-fourth regiment of Massachusetts Volunteer Infantry from eighteen sixty-three to eighteen sixty-five. From Captain Luis F. Emilio. And then number 27 with 23% finish. Conform. Exposing uh, exposing the truth about Common Core and the public and public education by Glenn Beck. And then number 28 with 23% finish. Death of a Nation, the his the plantation politics and the making of the Democratic Party by Dinesh D'Souza. Um, number 29 with the uh, 23% finish. Fears, How Competing for Myself Changed Everything by Allie Raisman. At number 40 with the, uh, or number 30 with 23% finish, The Irish Civil War, Law, Execution, and Atrocity by Sean Endright. At number 33 with a 23% finish, uh, Relentless, A Memoir by Julian Elliman. At number 33 with 22% finish, they shall not pass the French army on the Western Front from 1914 to 1918 by uh, yeah, by uh, Ian, Ian Sumner. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And then number 33 with 21% finish, African Kaiser General Paul von Leto Volbeck and the Great War in Africa from 1914 to 1918 by Robert Gowdy. And we did say 21% finish, yeah. Then 30, and then number 34 with 24 or 20% finish. The Allies, Roosevelt, Churchill, Stalin, and the unlikely alliance that won World War II by Winston Grome. And then number 33 with 20% finish, The Arm, Inside the Billion Dollar, billion dollar Mystery of the Most Valuable Commodity in Sports by Jeff Passan. Yeah, megaphone balls. 
and at number and number thirty six with 20 percent finish, fifty nine and eighty four. Old Hoss Rapburn, bare handed baseball, and the greatest season a pitcher ever had by Edward Ackworn. And then number thirty three with nineteen percent finish, Gallipoli by Alan Moorhead. And then number thirty eight with nineteen percent finish, one hundred things Spurs fans should know and do before they die by Mike Monroe. All right. And then, uh, all right, let's see. And then number 33 with the, uh, or number 33 with 18% finish, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Then number 40 with 17% finish, uh, Mad Catastrophe, The Outbreak of World War I, The Collapse of the Hatsburg Empire by Jeffrey Warrow. And then number 41 with 17% finish, uh, Boston's uh, 100 Greatest Gamers, ranking the most clutch athletes in Boston sports history by uh, Rob Steeton, 17% finish. And then number 42 with 17% finish, 1914, the War Years series by uh, James Farner. And number uh, 43 with a 16% finish, Dead Wake, The Last Crossing of the Lusitania by uh, Eric Larson. And then number 44 with 16% finish, The Kid, The Immortal Life of Ted Williams, by Ben Bradley, by Brent, by Ben Bradley Jr. So kind of like Jack, how you can say Jack Bradley Jr. But yeah, kind of how you say that, yeah. All right. And then uh, number forty-four with sixteen percent finish, The Last of the Czars, Nicholas II, and the Russia Revolution by Robert Service. And then number forty-six with sixteen percent finish, The Ultimate Boston Red Sox Time Machine Book by Martin Glitman. And then number 47 with 16% finish, Wherever the Green is Worn, The Story of the Irish Diaspora by uh, Tim Pack Hogan. And then uh, number uh, 48 with 16 or 15% finish, or uh, no, number, okay, I messed up. Number 48 with 15% finish, Irish Boston, A Lively Look at Boston's Colorful Irish Past by uh, Michael Queenland. And then number uh, 49 with 14% finish, uh, the Kaiser's Army, the German Army in World War One by David Stone. And then number 15 with 14% finish, The White War, Life and Death on the Italian Front from 1915 to 1919 by Mark Thompson. And number 51 with 12% finish, uh, Belichick, The Making of the Greatest Football Coach by Ian O'Connor. And then number 52 with 12% finish, Don't Put Me In, Coach, My Incredible NCAA Journey, from the end of the bench to the end of the bench by Mark Titus. And then number 53 with 12% finish, The Green and the Gray, The Irish and the Confederate States of America by David T. Gleason. And then uh, number 54 with the uh, 12% finish, The Guns of August, The Outbreak of World War One, and by uh, Barbara W. Tuckman. And then number 55 with 12% finish, the Leaves, of the, the Leaves of Virginia, a se Seven Generations of an American Family by Paul C. Nigel. And then number 56 with a 12% finish, Revolutionary Russia from 1891 to 1991, A History by Orlando Figgis. And then number 57 with 12% finish, The Song by Robin Pryor and Trevor Wilson, 12% finish as I said. Number 58 with 11% finish, the Boston Celtics, Larry Bird, Bob Cousy, Red Arback, and other legends recall great moments in Celtics history by, <clears throat> by uh, Michael D. McClellan and Folks Jan. And then number 59 with a 11% finish, 
Conquest of Illinois from eighteen or from seventeen seventy eight to seventeen seventy nine by George Roger Clark. And at number uh, sixty with a eleven percent finish, Last Man Standing: The Memoirs, Letters, and Photographs of a Teenage Officer by uh, Richard Van Enden. And then number sixty one with a eleven percent finish, When the Irish Invaded Canada: The Incredible True Story of the Civil War Veterans Who Fought for Ireland's Freedom by uh, Christopher Klein. And number 62 with 10% finish, A History of the Boston Braves, A Time Gone By, by William J. Craig. And number 63 with 10% finish, A World on Fire, Britain's Crucial Role in the American Civil War, by Amanda Foreman. And then number 64, How the Irish Saved Civilization, by uh, Thomas Cahill, with 10% finish, yeah. And we didn't mention it. Then number 67 with 10% finish, Normandy 44, D-Day and the Epic 77-Day Battle for France by James Holland. And number 66 with 10% finish, uh, The Second World War by Antony Beaver. And then number 67 from number 67 with 10% finish, War in the East, A Military History of the Russo-Turkish War of 1877 and 78 by Quentin Berry. And number 68 with 9% finish, The Boys of Winter, the Untold Story of a Coach, a Dream, and the 1980 U.S. Olympic Hockey Team by Wayne Coffey. And number 69 with 9% finish, Decision at Antietam, a Counterfactual History of the Civil War by uh, Andrew J. Heller. And then number 70 with 9% finish, No Victory in Valhalla's The Untold Story of the 3rd Battalion of the 506 Parachute Infantry Regiment from My Stone to Burgess Garden by Ian Gardner and Ed Shanks. And then number 71 with a 9% finish, now taking the field, baseball's all-time dream teams for all 30 franchises by Tom Stone. And number 72 with 9% finish, Stout Hots, the British and Canadians in Normandy, 1944 by Ben Kitt. And then number 73 with 9% finish, Tales from the Green Bay Packers, a collection of the greatest Packer stories ever told by Chuck Carlson. Then number 74 with 8% finish, um, A Frozen Hell by uh, William R. Trotter. And then number 75 with 8% finish, uh, Miracle uh, Miracle at uh, Fenway, The Inside Story of the Boston Red Sox 2004 Championship Season by Saul Solzinski, 8% finish, as I said. And then number 76 with 7% finish, Brutal Valor, The Tragedy of Ensawana, by James Macy. Then number 77 with 7% finish. 100 things Sharks fans should know and do before they die by Ross McEwen. And then number 78 with a 100 or with a 7% finish. 100 things Wisconsin fans should know and do before they die by uh, Jesse Temple, Barry, and just by Jesse Temple and Barry Alvarez. And then number 79 with 7% finish, The Fall, The Rise and Fall of the British Empire by James or by Lawrence James. And number 80 with 7% finish, Unfinished Business, The Politics of Dissident Irish Republicanism by Marissa McClinchy. And number 81 with 7% finish, The War of 1812, the, the Forgotten Conflict by Donald R. Hickey. And then number 82 with 7% finish, The Years of Endurance. From 1793 to 18, from from 1793 to 1802 by Arthur Bryant. 
And then number 83 was sixth or seventh finish. Uh, Celtic or Celtic football, how the league was won 49 times, well, now 51 times by uh, David Potter. And then number 84 with 6% finish, The Grim Reaper, The Life and Career of a Reluctant Lawyer by Stu Grimson and Kevin Allen. And then number 85 with 6% finish, Guerrilla Days in Ireland, Tom Berry's Autobiography by uh, Tom Berry. Then uh, number 86 with 6% finish, If These Walls Can Talk, Stories from the Boston Bruins Ice, Locker Room, and Press Box by... Dale Arnold, and uh, Matt Coleman. Then number 87 with 6% finish, The Men Who Lost America, British Leadership, The American Revolution, and The Fate of the Empire by Andrew Jackson O'Shaughnessy. Then number 88 with 6% finish, or Michael, I can't talk, uh, Michael Jordan, The Life Life by Roland Roland Lansby, as I said, 6% finish. At number 89 with 6% finish, The Office, The Untold Story of the Greatest Sitcom of the 2000s, An Oral History by Andy Green. And number 90 with 6% finish, Showboat, The Life of Kobe Bryant by uh, Ron Lansenby. And then number 91 with 5% finish, uh, uh, Celtic, The Official History by Brian Wilson. And number 92 with 5% finish, The Defense of Sebastopol. From 1941 to 1944, The Soviet Perspective by Clayton Donnell. Number 93 with 5% finish, Dream Team, How Michael, Magic, Larry, Charles, and the greatest basketball team of all time conquered the world and changed the game of basketball forever by Jack McCollum. And then number 94 with 5% finish, Fellowship or Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring by uh, J.R.R. Token. Then number 95 with 5% finish, the original curse. Did the Cubs throw the 1918 World Series to Babe Ruth's Boston Red Sox and ignited the Black Sox scandal by Sean Devaney? Then number 96 with 5% finish, scribe my life in sports by Bob Ryan, the retired Bob Ryan. Uh, Number 97 with 5% finish, Showtime. Magic, Kareem, Riley, and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty of the 1980s by Jeff Perlman. We'll explain why we got some of these uh, books. Like, yeah, we got a book about Mariano Rivera and a book about the 80s Lakers. And some books about the and a book about the Cubs, Packers, Sharks, Spurs, and Wisconsin uh, sports. <clears throat> so we'll explain to that. We just decided to be just – and we did say that the Sharks and uh, Sharks – uh, well, and those teams that we mentioned were favorite. I mean, the Mario Rivera. I like Mario Rivera, and the books about the book about Kobe and the '80s Lakers. We decide because we're fans of the games of basketball. We have a little bit of respect for the Lakers. Yes, we hate. I hate the Lakers. I will to the day I die. But I kind of do have a little bit of respect for the guys, especially those '80s teams. Yeah, look. Yeah, they were. The, yeah, all right. So that's why we should explain why we had those books on to begin with. Yeah, and the last time we explained it, we really didn't give really good of a reason. Mainly because we're just fans of the games of fan of the game of basketball. All right. And number 89 with 5% finish, Take Me to Your Paradise, a history of Celtic-related incidents, events by Liam Kelly. <coughs> <coughs> try, man. Get a dry throat. 
All right, number 80 or number 99 with 4% finish. Aces falling, uh, Aces falling, a uh, war above the trenches from 1918 by Peter Hart. At 100, or at 100 with 4% finish, an officer in the Iron Brigade by Rufus R. Dawes. And then one at a 101 with 4% finish, Bas- Basketball, a Love Story by Jackie McMullen. And then 102 with 4% finish, Bunker Hill, A City, A Siege, and a Revolution by uh, Nathaniel Pilbrick. And number 103 with 4% finish, Day of Infamy, The Bombing of Pearl Harbor by uh, Walter Lord. And then 104 with 4% finish, The Fall of Berlin, 1945 by Anthony Beaver. At 105 with 4% finish, Gettysburg at Gettysburg by uh, Stephen W. Sears. And then 106 with 4% finish, uh, Jack Parker's Wise Guys by uh, Tim Rapoli. And then 107 with 4% finish, Loose Balls by uh, Jerry Pluto. At 108 with 4, 3% finish, A Higher Call, the, an incredible true story of combat and chivalry in the war-torn skies in World War II by Adam Mykonos and Larry Alexander. At 109, 3% finish, A Patriot's History of the United States, From Columbus to America's Age of Entitlement by Larry Silkart. Silkart, I can't pronounce that name. At 110 with 3% finish, Grant and Sherman, The Friendship That Won the Civil War by uh, Charles Bracelin Flood. And 111 with 3% finish, John Adams by David McCullough. At 112 with 3% finish, Jutland 1916, Death in the Gray, Gray Late, Gray Waste by Nigel Steele and Peter Hart. At 113 with 3% finish, uh, Primetime Propaganda, the true uh, Hollywood story of how the left took over your television or TV by Ben Shapiro. Yeah, we even have books about conservatism. And, well, mostly I'm just a libertarian and with some conservative values. I just don't like being told what to do. That's why I've become more of a libertarian than a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah, I'm just... I just feel like the government should not tell me what to do kind of deal. Yeah. Government should stay out of my business and just let me be myself. All right. And let me have a different lifestyle than what they want me to have. All right. Back. All right. And number 114 with 3% finish, The Reagan Diaries by Ronald Reagan. So diaries that he wrote during uh, his time in the White House. Then 115 with the 3% finish, The Romanos. From nineteen from sixteen thirteen the night or nineteen eighteen by Simon Seaback Mutterfer, then one hundred sixteen with a three percent finish Ty Cobb a terrible beauty by Charles Learson, then one hundred yeah and that book too I mean I'm not a Ty Cobb fan but I love the game of baseball kind of deal that's why we put it in there learn about one of the greats even though he was a racist and a low life piece of shit. <laughs> Sorry, we, yeah, that's the second one you used. All right. At 117 with the three, 2% finish, a history, a history of the Ottoman Empire by Douglas A. Howard. Then 118 with the 2% finish, American Ulysses, The Life of Ulysses S. Grant by Art, by a Ronald C. White Jr. And then 119 with 2% finish, 521, The Story of Ted Williams' Home Runs by Bill Nolan. 
and then 120 or 120 with 2% finish from Colony the Superpower, U.S. Foreign Relations in 1776 by George C. Herring. And then 121 with 2% finish, William Tecumseh Sherman, In Service of My Country, A Life by uh, James Lee McDonough. Then 122 with 2% finish, Willie Le Wallace, A Heart of a Lion by Willie Wallace, Jim McGlin- Jim McGlin- Jim McGlinley, Jim McGlinley, Archie McPherson, uh, Michael Nolan, Rod Stewart, yes, the Rod Stewart, famous uh, pop artist, and uh, Paul Brennan, or Brennan. And then 123 with 1% finish, The Eagle Unsowed, and this is one, of the, and this is the newer book that take place of uh, Warsaw 1920, Poland and the Poles in the Second World War by Halek Kalinski. 1% finish and 124 with the 1% finish grant by Ron Chernow. And then a hundred and then finally 125 with 1% finish and in last place tower of skulls, a history of the Asia Pacific war from July, 1937 to May, 1942 by Richard B. Frank. Ooh, we made it through. All right. So as we said, your book league standing champion for this season is the Boston Red Sox Killer Bees, best, baseball's best outfield by Jim Prime and Bill Nolan. Let's give a hand. Add away. So, yes, we will do read this book and get a book league or a book report for this for next episode or basically the next time when we get it done. So, when we do, you will get a book or book report for that book. So yeah. So that's about it. All right. We'll take a break and then come back about talk about fantasy and wrap up the show. I don't go anywhere. All right. We are back to wrap the wrap up the show. But first let's talk a little bit about fantasy. A little bit. Alright. So fancy baseball. So yeah, let's see. So right now let's talk. So this is the Peter Griffins. This is Yahoo Fancy. And currently, right now, the Peter Griffins are winning against Lawrence's team, five hundred twenty-seven to three hundred sixty-six. So very good. If they keep it up, they'll win. Yes, very good. Yeah. <clears throat> then Bleacher Forty-One is playing a uh, Walter's team, um, and they are winning right now, five to three. So very good. So right now, two for two for this week as of now. So two for two. Awesome. Then, oh, yeah, this might break it. Yeah, so uh, Roy Rooters are playing um, Houston Buffs um, and losing that game 6-3 to right now. So not great. So not great. Eh. Nope. Yuck. So, so, yeah, two for free. Two for four now for with Poppy's the GOAT as they're losing the Patrick's team uh, 610.10 to 519.10. So not great. We really did dishonor the big poppy by naming this team, by drafting and naming this team after him. All right, two for five. Uh, starting nine is losing to Donnie's team, five to two. So not great. Ugh. All right. So three for five. So section ten is now winning their game against PBBs. Choice team eight to one, so very good, very good. Yeah, so 
Go three for five in Yahoo Fantasy as of now. All right. Then on to ESPN Fantasy. Alright, let's see. Let's see. Oh yeah, oh, we are at the right place. All right. So the Currys are now winning their game against the uh, team Pack Paheco 200, 271, 284. So very good. So yeah, so this will be their sixth in a row to keep it up. Uh, so Sly Kelly Slide is now in the lead against Team Miller, 272 to 204. So very good. Awesome. And then Win or Learn is beating uh, Whedon Boys, 282 to, or 274. So by two. So decent. Um, so now three for four. Uh, T.O. Nation is now losing to and gone. By uh, by a score of two hundred twenty-eight to two hundred seven. All right, <clears throat> all right. And then Boston Toms are now losing to Draft Strategy Seven, three hundred and uh, three hundred and uh, I can't talk three hundred and thirty or three hundred and thirty-one to two hundred and uh, whoa, two hundred ninety-one. Now we just scored something, yeah. And then Sean Johnson's goddess is beating. Texas Sluggers, 268 to 167. So very good. Let's see. One of one, one, two, two, three, two, three, four, three, five, three, six, nine teams. Huh. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So we want to talk about like we make like, um, some kind of like a sports pick on uh, this place called Action Sports, where like you can like do some like uh, betting and stuff like that. But this is it's fake gambling. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like you're not really putting down actual real bets. Yeah, it's basically just just kind of like just a play kind of ga- gambling kind of deal. But it's not really gambling. Yeah, it's not real gambling. It's yeah, there's nothing like Fanduel or DraftKings app. Yeah. But no free ads by the way. So right now in uh, Action Sports, I am. Five and seven, and at negative three dollars and ninety nine cents. And by the end of the night, I'm projected to be eleven and nineteen and one, and with negative negative twelve dollars and ninety two cents. Yeah, and you can tell this is not real money. This is not real money. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So that's. Whoa. Okay. Um. Sorry about that. One of my coasters. Um. <laughs> one of my coasters. Uh. Coasters got. Uh. Stuck to my gla- water glass. I have, and it just basically just popped off. So that was just unexpectedly. Yeah. Didn't break though. Mm. All right. So that's about it. Yeah, Labor Day weekends this weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, so pretty neat. So a day where we can actually celebrate the fruits of our labor, basically. The day that, like, we can basically have off and just enjoy that. We can have a day like Labor Day. All right. Anything else?
All right, we're good. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for giving this opportunity to share. Keep doing what I love. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you can. Follow the show on Twitter at Podcast Royal. And then follow my personal Twitter page at JunkyardDog92. We will have those in the details of the episode. And then follow the show on Instagram at RoyalRooters1992. We've been posting uh, some uh, um, Insta or uh, Insta stories of certain flags that we have. So go and go check that out if you can on the Instagram page. And then follow the Reddit page. And then follow the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, Over Over Breaker, Overcast, Pocketcast, Radio Public, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. Doesn't matter us. And also Bullhorn too. Yeah, that's one of the ones that kept pop up on the. Um, demographics on the how many, yeah. <clears throat> All right. And with that being said, that about do it. See you guys next week. Banyana. Happy Labor Day weekend.
No free ads. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go home. It's nine o'clock. Go.